Making everyone happy on vacation isn't easy, but you know what is? Going to Aruba. All you have to do is walk out your door to find pristine pools, relaxing white sand beaches, and an island teeming with outdoor activities that'll put a smile on any face. You won't just feel great, you'll all feel great, filled with a calmer, more peaceful vibe that radiates Aruba's warmth. And the best part is, it never fades. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your family trip at aruba.com. Hey everyone, before we kick off today, I have to share some big news with you. My book is here, Midwife Pip's Guide to a Positive Birth, and it's available now via the links in this week's episode description for pre-order. I've written this guide to hold your hand as you navigate preparing for birth. It has my knowledge of over a decade in midwifery to make sure that you are properly equipped with honest, reliable and evidence-based information about your body, baby and birth so that a positive and empowering journey that you deserve at this important time can be achieved. Click the link in the episode description to get your copy ordered now. Pre-orders are super important and your support in helping me on my mission to empower women means the world. Hello, I'm Pip and welcome to the Midwife Pip podcast, the home of expert information and real chat on all things pregnancy, birth and beyond. Now I felt firsthand the benefits of a well-prepared dad when we had our firstborn and my husband knew what he could do to help me and to bond with our son. But becoming a dad can be daunting. Maybe there are questions you haven't had the opportunity to ask or you don't feel that your routine appointments and birth and parenting prep is well aligned to you as a man. The truth is your role as a dad in birth and with a newborn is massive and preparing well makes the whole journey a calmer, smoother and more enjoyable one for all. Now I'm super excited for this week's guest to talk about preparing for fatherhood and debunking some of those myths and misconceptions. Gordon is the founder of Mantinatal and he's here so that if you're a dad listening, get your notebook at the ready. Or if you're an expectant mum, make sure you share this one with the man who's supporting you through birth and the postpartum period. Welcome, Gordon. Thank you so much for joining me. We've been trying to get a chat in the diary for like a year, haven't we? But we're here. It, it, it's been a little bit of time and I want to say thank you for having me, Pip. It means a lot. Thank you for that. Oh, I'm delighted. I'm so excited to chat about all the work that you do because my goodness, in... The year of 2023, or this will be 2024 when people can listen to it. It's so needed. It's so important. So we hear hear that feedback a lot. lot. I I bet, honestly, I bet you do. So as a midwife, thank you for getting dads on board because we need them more and more. (laughs) You're welcome. You're welcome. (laughs) What I want to do to start with, Gordon, is strip it back. Why was Mantinatal born? What is your mission? Because I feel like you are absolutely a man on a mission at the moment. Well, I'm, I'm definitely trying my best. Um, so uh, I'm the father of four. I have two boys and two girls. Uh, and they arrived in the order of girl, boy, girl, boy. Um, Good job. Yeah, I was I, all planned. <laughs> um, no, complete, completely fortunate. And, and I know just how lucky I am. 
Um, two were two of my kids were uh, vaginal births, and two of them were C-sections, Pip. Um, and when you add on top of that that my sister's also a midwife, um, I was thinking to myself, I must have knowledge that I can share, and that that's as far as it kind of really went. Um, but we also uh, joined not one but two antenatal courses, um, quite big ones in the UK, um, beginning with the letter N. And and I came away from them, uh, and I and I thought a couple of a couple of takeaways I had. One was these are expensive, right? They're they're not cheap. Um, we've made friends for life without a doubt. We have, right? We've been on holiday with them, um, and 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 our youngest are growing up at the same age, and the majority of the content, I'd say ninety nine percent of the content, Pip, was focused on mum, and it should be right. I'm the first to say it should be. But what they were teaching the dads were, and I just give maybe one or two examples, were things like how to rub a tennis ball up and down mum's back um, to give her a massage. Um, the other one was how to dismantle a breast pump. Um, and, and, I, and I looked at those two things and said, right, well, I'm not sure that, that I feel as prepared as I really want to be. Um, and the other thing that, that drove me absolutely nuts, and I, and I call it out and say it's not okay anymore, especially if, if any other uh, antenatal courses are happening where they'll say, if, if you're doing it as a couple and they might say, do you know what, dad, you get the night off. Dad, you guys go to the pub because we're going to talk about women topics. We're going to talk about breastfeeding. We're going to talk about pelvic floor. We're going to talk about prolapse. We're going to talk about all, and I think, how can, right? And this comes back to the second part of your question on, on, on what's my mission mm. is how can uh, a birth partner, a dad, properly support, advocate, and empathize with mum if he's not got a clue what she's really going through. And I think that's that's where I've seen this gap to say it's time to fill it. And it's time to say to dads, it's okay to come in vulnerable. It's okay not to know all the answers. And ultimately, Pip, I imagine a world where mum is super prepared, but imagine it if dad was also as prepared. Guess what's going to happen from a family perspective? So, so that kind of comes all the way back to mission is we want to help guys be the best dad they can be, right? Uh, the key thing there is it, it's what it means to them. So it's not, we're not going to sheep dip you and say everyone's got to be the same. Um, and by the way, there's no such thing as super dad. I ain't super dad. I make mistakes, right? But our, 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 our mantra that sits and it kind of sits underneath my the the tagline of Mantineto is be the best dad you can be and it's up to each individual to decide what does that look like for me and that's kind of where, where it all came from oh I love that it's so important and just going back to what you said about the the women's topics oh my goodness <laughs> I can't believe those words came out of someone's mouth in in, in the yeah crowd. That's terrifying because also as a woman, how can you feel comfortable say, talking about some of those taboo subjects that we're trying so hard to yeah. lift the lid on, especially, yeah. you know, everyone listening knows I am a bit of a pelvic health geek. And so how can women sort of say to their partner, you know, actually I'm wetting myself or yeah. sex is really painful and we need to talk yeah. about this and find someone to support us if they were never part of that conversation. You no, know, it know. adds into that loneliness. And when you look at the statistics, it's a bit morbid, but if you look at the statistics of divorce for new parents, it's massive. And it's yeah. no wonder when you've got two people that are then 
going into this on completely different pages, trying to then bring those people together when you're sleep deprived and, you know, navigating this whole new role and responsibility becomes really, really difficult. So yeah, completely amen to everything you said. Dads need to get on board. And, And the other thing I wanted to add was there is no such thing, as you said, as, you know, super dad, super mum, perfect parent. And actually, I think about this quite often with my son. I think, actually, the world isn't perfect. So you don't no, really need to be no. perfect. And what we are is the perfect parent to our little person that we know yeah. really well. And we can be like, oh, you know, mummy, daddy shouldn't have done that, shouldn't have said that. Sorry, let's hug it out. And actually, that's teaching them how to manage real life isn't it because we're going to make mistakes and we're going to learn from them and we're going to have to apologize rather than trying to be this perfect mary poppins version of a parent that just is so unachievable but just to build on that one of the things that that we talk about at mantinato um and i'm sure this this will resonate with with your your listeners and viewers etc is as a new parent one of the things that and we see it through our social media and everything's filtered and everything looks amazing um is that that we're always seem to be chasing this this thing called perfection and ultimately it doesn't exist and you're going to fail right so what we want to do is try and change that narrative a little bit and say that do you know what every single parent no matter who whether you look up at your own mum and dad you look at your friends your sister whatever they're they're making mistakes right daily they're making mistakes i make mistakes daily i continue to make the mistakes right so one of the things that we're trying to help people understand is stop chasing perfection. Why don't you go for progress instead? Because every day you're making progress. Every day, like you say, you're going to be so tired. You don't even know your name, let alone the last time you had a shower or what you had for lunch. So so how are you going to be the best version of yourself, the best parents, instead of looking at each other and saying, you know what, we've made mistakes today and we weren't perfect. The treadmill is relentless when you become a new parent, right? It never stops. And there'll be days where you trip up, but it's about looking at each other and saying, let's get back on this. Let's keep going. Let's keep the progress going because that's a much more realistic goal than going after something that, that's that's just not achievable. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. And, and it just, it just doesn't help us, does it? It just doesn't help <laughs> us. I, um, I definitely had some perfectionist traits, I think, pre-parenthood because you have a bit more time and space for that, I think, don't you? Um, and that's just probably part of my my dna in that way but i've learned as a parent to go with it's good enough you know it's yeah. good enough if i try and do everything perfectly we'll get absolutely nothing done <laughs> we won't no, and, I, and i believe you i believe you i mean we we when we bring the guys together and we, we call them squads by the way right so when we bring the squads together <laughs> one, one of the one of the things that we can do with them is we can we we help them understand things through storytelling as well right and, and I'll even share some of my stories of the, the mistakes I've made when I became a dad because Mantinatal didn't exist, right? And the, one of the things that we're trying to do is help them learn from my mistakes, from other dads' mistakes, so that they can already be have a head start um, than, than what I ever had. Um, so so it, it's about building on that. And, and like you used the word taboo earlier, it's removing those taboos and saying it's okay not to be okay. Um, but But... Ultimately, if we can do this, right, and we are chipping away at it, and it'll be relentless. It will. It will be nonstop. My favorite thing is, is, is when, um, is when mums realize the benefit to them. That imagine if he is ready to, guess who's going to benefit? You are. 
right? You're going to have a guy who can step up uh, and get involved and understand what you're going through. So it's got to be win-win. Yeah. Oh, that, like, I think I said that in the instructions and I remember, I remember thinking when I was, I was probably like two, two or three days postnatal with our first son. And I was sat in the nursing chair, baby blues hit, milk's coming in. It's all chaos, you know, cluster feeding. It's just that, mm. that awful 24 hours that lots of new parents do navigate through. And I remember thinking at that point, just, you know, my midwife head wasn't there. I was a new mum. I was, you know, I couldn't put my rational midwife head in. Training out the window. Yeah, at all. It's so different when you're in it yourself and you've got all those hormonal roller coasters going. And I remember our our parents who aren't very local to us, um, my mum in particular saying, you know, he just shouldn't be feeding this much. You need to give him a bottle. Like breastfeeding obviously isn't Probably enough. Yeah, and I was like, I re- I remember then thinking, if I didn't have a a husband who was really supportive of our breastfeeding journey, and be that knowledge about normal breastfeeding, that would have mm. been day two or three. Our breastfeeding journey would have finished. Wow. I'm certain of it. Whereas wow. actually, it took 17 months until the breastfeeding journey finished. But um, but I know, I know that if it wasn't for our mm you know, our preparation together as a couple and my prior knowledge, that would, that would have been it. And it's well, such you a get shame, the benefit of being a team. Absolutely. Right? And I know not, not every single parent has that. That is a luxury as well. Right. And I get that. If you do have it, take advantage of the teamwork, mm, right? Because game. yeah, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. Now I feel like Gordon, you've got a bit of an insider information into dad's brains because you've worked with so many right and as you say these squads come together and talk about all their their worries and their anxieties and their sort of troubles as they navigate the journey of fatherhood so for dad listening who perhaps are thinking this sounds good but i'm not sure what are some of the most common things that dads express to you their most common concerns because what i'm hoping is that dads resonate that they're listening will hear something and that will really resonate with them because actually they realize oh i'm not the only one with that concern perhaps i can talk about it get support work through it etc what do you hear tell us all the secrets so i I take a quick step back for it because you said you'll get a guy hearing this and going this sounds interesting one of the things that also happens quite a lot, and we say to the guys when they join us, one of the first questions we have for them is, like, why are you here? And one of the interesting answers is, because I was told to be here. Right? <laughs> so, so that's my point, is, is a lot of guys just need that little shove to, to get them over the line. That's, that's the point I wanted to make. Um, and by the way, the guys are also saying, like, after even one night with us, they're like, they, they're thanking mum to say, thank you for putting me on this thing, right? Yeah. We all know who the bosses are, right? Yeah, 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 exactly. The (laughs) boss told me to be here, right? So in terms of the the conversations we have and the the, the shit, shit, because again, we say to them, what's on your mind? What's worrying you? And we try and just get them talking about it to get the taboos out. And one of the the most common ones, Pip, is that one all around sleep, that that they're genuinely worried on what is this going to mean for them when it comes to sleep, right? Now, if you, if you if if I stop there, it sounds really superficial. But when you go a little bit further, you say actually, these guys are really opening up because we got guys. It's not just they're saying, "Oh my god, uh, I I I need my beauty sleep. I enjoy my sleep." It's not. They go they go further than that, Pip, and they'll say that they admit that they're not the best versions of themselves. That they've got anger management issues. That they've got mental health topics that start to come up, um, and it triggers 
when sleep, when they're sleep deprived, right? So we talk about that and we say that that we can't stop you feeling that level of tiredness. I mean, and, and again, we bring it to life for them. We will say genuinely, you will be so tired that it will feel like you've got the ultimate jet lag and you've never been on a plane, right? You've never even got your passport out. That's how tired you're going to be at the start, right? Because your little one will be up at various times and you don't necessarily have that much control in the early days, right? So it's about being honest with the dads. But then what we do is we then talk about kind of coping mechanisms and ways to, to discuss and share in the squad because they're never on their own after you join Mantenato, right? You're part of this global squad, this community where you can literally message at two, three, four, five in the morning and say, I'm having a nightmare. Is anyone else awake? And there'll be another dad that, that could be anywhere in the world, right? We get guys in New Zealand and the States and everything joining us that'll be up and say, how can I help? Right. And you can start sharing your, your, your journey with them. Um, and then we, we, we go into mental health as well. Right. That, that comes up. Um, and we, again, we want to take out the taboos. We want to demystify this to say that men don't have to always be or try and pretend to be the tough one. Right. Stiff upper lip. Men don't cry. Um, all that stuff. It's complete BS. Right. We do cry. We do hurt. Um, we do feel pain um, and we do have a, a we do have our own version of mental load right now I want to be very careful how far I go on this <laughs> go because, <for> yeah <laughs> no because my, my wife and I talk about mental load right and and then when she shares her mental load I'm like oh my god like I had no appreciation <laughs> yeah, yeah I had no appreciation for that level of, of mental load mm. right but but you asked me about the guys and I'm saying as guys we have our own things that we want to talk about, right? So the other thing that will come up um, is, am I ready? And the self-doubt. And then it comes down to things like affordability. How much is this all going to cost? Um, and then you go to uh, a big baby store or a big baby event, a show. And, and these things can be overwhelming, right? But when we, when we hear the guys saying these kind of dialogues and they, they don't know where to start, one of the things we'll say to them is, like stop being that kind of donkey just carrying the bags at the back of the, behind mum following mum saying i don't know where we're going next i don't know what she wants to buy next um how much is this going to cost right it's more about saying do you know what you've got an active role here right get up get get off the bench and get involved because being a dad's not a spectator sport pip right so I, again i'll give a really tangible example that um if you if you guys need to go and buy and you decide to go and buy a baby bag right? That the, get involved in it, dad. Because if you're up for wearing, if you like your pinks and your neons, like, like you've got here and you like flowers and all this, great, great. But if you say I'd rather something a little bit more subtle and maybe just jet black and whatever, you've got a voice as well. Because the chances are you're going to be wearing it a lot of the time. So yeah, sleep deprived, uh, the financial side, the mental side, am I genuinely ready? Um, and then the other one is that real fear on what, what it means for mum, right? That real fear and I've got no understanding what she's really going to go through. And how do I support her? How do I best support her? Because I watch the movies and and, I, I, and I'm, I'm scared. I'm genuinely scared that comes up. 
I love that. I love that you just mentioned that actually, Gordon, because one of the things that I often talk to, you know, dads or birth partners, whoever's going to be in that birthing space with the women about is the vulnerability of that person, because you're essentially getting a bird's eye view of whatever happens. So if there is a complication in birth, um, and I think about that, you know, my own birth was all very straightforward, then I needed help with our placenta coming out. Now for me, although things were happening to my body, I didn't see that really, you know, I didn't really see that. I was just left there. Whereas that other person in the room, if there is a complication, they get a bird's eye view of absolutely everything. So if you have no knowledge about what might happen, what to expect, you're really worried about seeing blood and things like that, that's massively overwhelming. And, And that's where it's really important, I think, that dad's prepared for that whole journey and actually have a bit of an understanding about coping mechanisms, you know, their role. So they don't just feel like this awkward lemon, you know, in the corner, but they have jobs to do. And I know my husband had like a little to-do list in labor and birth because he likes a list. He likes to be organized. He's a teacher. So, you know, list planning organization is his jam. And it meant I didn't have to carry that because I knew when we got in there, my diffuser was going to be on, my mood lights were going to be on, my snack station was going to be on. He had his role. He had his role and he felt comfortable with that. So I think it's about communicating, isn't it? What's going to work? Like you said, everyone's an individual. What's going to work for that dad? What are they comfortable with? What are they going to thrive in? Um, And where aren't they uncomfortable? Where are they uncomfortable, you know? And then how do we navigate that and provide them with coping mechanisms in the same way we provide mum with coping mechanisms with the things that she's worried about during labour? yeah exactly and, and that that's where that that fear and, and and being open and saying i don't know what what role i'm going to have i'm scared about it and then when when one of the things that that we set our goal with them is is we want their confidence to be through the roof by the end of the course mm. um and we're obviously doing something right when i look at my trust pilot reviews right it's going in the right direction <laughs> but but ultimately it's it's if you have a role we talk about advocating for mum right can you genuinely advocate for your partner and step up when she needs you. Mm. And, and if anyone listening to this, it, it, that's one of the questions in their mind. I, I'll ask you that rhetorical question, right? That, that when mum is in the throes of labor and if it's a vaginal birth, right? And, and she can't communicate because she's dealing with her stuff, right? And the midwife team turn to you, right? And then suddenly they're saying, right, so what are the birth preferences or the birth plan? What are the interventions that you want and don't want? What about pain relief? What about, and if I've said any of those things and you're listening to this or watching this and you go, I don't know any of that stuff, right? Because you've got two options. You can either say, I can step up. I know it. I can advocate. I've got you, mum. Do you know what I mean? I'm there for you. I'm your guardian of oxytocin. Don't worry. I'm there for you. The other option is you look at the midwife team and you go, I don't know, right? And I don't think that's okay anymore. And I don't think mums listening to this would want that from their partner. They want someone who says, do you know what? We've had that communication. We've talked about this in detail. He knows about plan A, plan B, and maybe even plan C, right? Um, I give a, I give an, a, a little story, Pip, quickly that, that again, shares a mistake that I was very close to making, is you know this um, better than anyone, right, because of the profession you've got it doesn't always go to plan, right? And we can talk about the uncomplicated birth, which is like relatively plain sailing, right? 
But when it doesn't go to plan, right, and and something happens, um, one of the questions that the dads don't have that dialogue with mom about is, where do you want me to be? Where do I go, right? Because I remember thinking to myself, if something happens with mom or baby, like I, I want to be right by mom's side, I will not leave your side. And yet, my wife turned to me and said, Gordon, if something happens, you don't let our baby out your sight. Stay with baby because I've got all the care I can I can get. I've got everyone around me. Now, my point with that, Pip, is if we hadn't communicated on that, I would never have known. Would never have known. Mm. And, and these are the types of dialogue. If you do anything on the back of this podcast is take advantage of the cam. Take advantage that, that you don't have babies screaming at two, three, four, five, six in the morning right now. Have a dialogue. Pause Netflix and talk about how you want the birth to be. And not just the birth, even the fourth trimester, right? And beyond. Start chatting about the type of parents you want to be because doing it now is going to be so much more fruitful than trying to do it when you're stressed, tired, and all the rest of it. Oh, 100%. I love that you just said that, Gordon, because I remember saying to my husband, similarly to kind of what your wife's conversation was by the sounds of things, we had a little bag in our birth bag that was like okay. clothes, colostrum, um, you know, blanket for skin to skin. So I said to my husband, if once our baby's born, something might happen, I might have to go to theatre if, you know, yep. this is such a midwife head, if I'm bleeding or I need like <laughs> a tear repairing. And so you might yep. just literally find that all of a sudden, you're left alone in the room with this new baby. And I think especially with your first, that can feel a bit daunting. Oh, hell yeah. yeah, um, yeah so yeah. I was like, this is your pack. Have skin to skin, feed him some colostrum. Here's a nice blanket. Just sit and have cuddles, talk and sing to him. And I'll be back within an hour or so. And then we'll do all of the stuff that we had planned yeah, yeah, kind yeah. of for that golden hour. And he was a bit like, yeah, yeah, all right, Pip, thinking, you know, that isn't going to happen. And thankfully for us, we did stay together. Um, but actually, I did need some care, although it was in the same room straight away afterwards, which meant he did then quite quickly oh. have that skin to skin and stuff. So it still came in in use. But it just meant, like you said, I didn't, I've seen so many dads suddenly petrified, feeling really torn between mums in one place, babies in the other place guilt because I don't really know where I should be suddenly oh, it's horrible the, sensation. the cares left awful so I think yeah. preparing like you say for those ifs and buts and maybes it ha at the end of it helps prevent birth trauma I think in in dads and birth partners yeah and then what what happens when if 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 you let's see if not let's see if I had some dialogue and you're chatting about the the in a vaginal birth this is how we want it to run what happens if it goes into an emergency c-section what happens if, if suddenly the journey switches mm which again happened to me, right? And, and I'm standing there thinking, wait a minute, I'm in a room and I've been asked what size of scrubs I want. I don't know where my wife is. I, I, I'm waiting in a white room that might have, might have felt like five minutes, but it felt about an hour to me, right? And suddenly the doors open and I can see a theater environment and we're all in full scrubs. Like. So one of the things that's important to us at Mantenato is preparing the dads for both journeys, right? For both exits, so that you don't have that moment of, we've not talked about this. I am not ready for this. Um, that, that's important as well. Oh, yeah, so important. It's something I harp on about all the time because we just can't prepare for one type of birth. You know, at least a quarter of the population give birth by cesarean. So if we don't talk about that and plan for that, that's a quarter of people that are yeah. left without making informed choices really around their birth because they haven't got the information. So but, but, but this is this choice. is one of the this is one of the things we say to the dads. We'll, we'll get them to put their hands up because imagine they've got the dots all digital, right? 
So yeah. we're all on screen and we say, right, put your hand up if you guys are planning to have a vaginal birth and all these hands go up. And I'll say, guys, you don't know what you don't know. I need you ready for both. And they don't quite get it. And then the penny drops. So. Yeah, 100%. And this is where, this is, you know, part of the reason that Midwife Pit was born and this podcast exists was because I was just fed up as a labour ward midwife seeing women birth their babies by incredible, incredible means, you know, long labours, emergency cesarean, forceps, mm. all those things that no one writes on the top of their birth preferences. Yeah, but they've yeah. made brave decisions. They've been absolute warriors. They've gone through this. And then they say to me, I feel like I failed. And that's oh, wow. because of preparation. That is because they were failed in their preparation. They haven't yeah. failed at birth. They no. were failed by wherever they went for their education. But then they're having to make decisions in the heat of the moment, which are never an ideal. Nobody wants to do that. Nobody does. In all walks of life. No. And then there's no empowerment in that, at no. all, which isn't how birth should be. I could, we could rant about this all day. Hell yeah. We, we do. <laughs> good. I love it. Now, let's be, let's be super practical then, Gordon. What can dads do to best be prepared and why do you think that is so important which we've we've kind of hashed out a lot but what yeah. are some of those practical things dads can actually do i think the one of the things that the we used the phrase earlier called step up note that i never use man up because i absolutely hate that turn of phrase right um so i use step up and but to do that practically one of the things that that guys will want to do and and we, we encourage them to do is is ask questions be curious right but do it in a non-confrontational way because the midwives and, and um, all the nursing staff there, they, they, they're trying to do the best for mum and for baby. That's the priority here. And you don't want, I'm sure you don't want some guy going da, 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 in a really kind of uh, confrontational way. And some guys, we can sometimes we can be like that. So one of the things we talk about in the course, and I'm sure you've heard it before, is, is using your brain. Yeah, I love right. the and, brain tool, yeah. Yeah, I love it as well. And, but when we say to the guys, like, again, you watch the penny drop and go, I can use this, not just during birth, but I can use this in life, right? So uh, so we talk to the guys and say, right, think, ask questions, because you're, you're in an environment that you're not the expert on, right? You, unless you're um, medicinally trained, you've got no idea what all these phrases mean, fontus, forceps, all those funny uh, things and medication and all so why don't you do, why don't you ask questions and use the power of curiosity, but use your brain? And again, what we're talking there is ultimately is looking at the benefits, the risks, the alternates. Uh, don't ignore what your instincts say as well, of course. Um, and you can still ask the question about what if we do nothing, right? So it's just having that little structure. And again, guys quite like having that. Just give me structure. Give me some practical I can do. And if you have that dialogue with a, a midwife team, and things are happening that you're not sure what's going on, you're going to feel a lot more educated, a lot more aware. You and mum can have that dialogue. You can step up and advocate and feel empowered to, to, to make decisions rather than feeling pressure that I've got no idea what even this jargon is. I've got no idea. And guess what? It's going to cause friction and conflict. So we talk about using brain. Um, we also talk about um, the power of routine. So we don't just deal with um, birth itself, um, but uh, we talk about routine, especially when uh, when you get baby home, try and figure out what the uh, rules of the game are. So rules of the game, Pip, what I'm referring to is do everything you can to avoid the nudge. And when I talk about the nudge, what I'm really referring to is the thing that most parents end up doing is that two, three, four in the morning moment where you go, it's your turn. 
right? Like you need to get up. <laughs> so you're laughing because you know what I'm talking about. I so... do, I do. But I just love the fact that our child's now verbal. So when he wakes up at two, three in the morning, <laughs> he'll he quite can... often he'll quite often ask for daddy, and I'm like, wow. Uh, happy days. <laughs> You've taught him well. You've taught him well. <laughs> um, but but we talk about rules of the game and agreeing what those rules of the game are. So rules of the game in terms of like, if you go back to birth for a second, we might say, um, is dad cutting the umbilical cord? Is dad identifying the sex? Is dad getting to announce the birth to the world? And then the question, and the guy, well, yeah, yeah, I am. It's like, okay, but who are you telling? Who's in that special group that you get to tell? Do you create a, like a little WhatsApp group that's called birth group? And who do you put in it? It's a chat you can have with mum. So it might be, it's a bit like when you're putting a wedding plan together and you're saying who's on which tables, it's who's in that WhatsApp group, right? Yeah. Um, so I think that there's roles there that, that dads can do as well. Um, and I think in, in the other thing in, in birth, I'll give a really practical thing for you right now that for anyone listening is look around the room, right? And improvise. And, and again, it sounds quite easy to say that, but if I, if I give you one simple example, guys, is I remember during one of our births, uh, the room was roasting, right? And, and the average is what, 25 to 28 degrees or something in, in, in the, the, the labor ward. The room was so hot and 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 mum was absolutely sweating, right? And and I looked around the room and I thought, wait a minute, there's paper towels on the wall. So I grabbed like, you know, the green paper towels you go to school and I folded them all up into like a, like a ruler shape soaked them under the water and created like an improvised flannel thing, right? To put on mum's head to cool her down. And this is the point is look around and say, what can I do? Right? What can I do that, that can I, and don't get me wrong, it may have worked for about 10 seconds. And then eventually she's like, get this gone. Um, the water's trickling down here. And she's like, yeah, it's just soggy. And <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and the last one, the last one I'll give you, especially for Bertha is a, one of my favorite ones. And a midwife taught me this is when mum's calling you, every name under the sun right guys need to just take a minute and say do you know what it is my fault it's your fault that mum's even in that position there right so take it on the chin and whatever she calls you and what however however she hurts you and squeezes your hand and digs her nails in it's a fraction of what she's going through right and you wouldn't swap places with her but here's the tip here's the tip when you give mum your hand right and say mum squeeze that when, when you're when you're having a contraction right and let's do it together like we'll share it let's do it and, and be in it with her right never give her your hand like this oh the watch wants to get involved never give her your hand like this when she squeezes the knuckles like that because that's agony right so don't give her your hand when she squeezes the knuckles together what you do is you give her your thumb and when she squeezes do have you seen this no right put your thumb put your hand like this then do this with me so and for anyone sweet. that can't see us, what we're doing, okay. instead of having your hand led flat, like you would pop it on the table flat, yes. palm down, you're just providing your thumb? Yeah, yeah. So if you, but if you squeeze your hand like that, it hurts, right? So give you give you your thumb. Yeah. Especially if you've got a ring on. Yeah, squeeze your thumb as hard as you can. It's all right, isn't it? Doesn't hurt. It's all right, yeah. It doesn't hurt at all. I'm right? not saying I'm not teaching my husband that though. Right. But that's my point. <laughs> it's, and mum's going hell for leather, right? Telling you I'm having one right now. And dad's going, yeah, I can feel it. It's really so. <laughs> but from a dad's perspective, he's he's in it with her. Mum's getting to let out as much frustration and energy as she needs to. Um, and dad's with her, right? So it's a little practical thing that that brings you together. Don't sit over on the on the seat while mum's giving birth. Uh, one midwife told me, I said to her, what's the worst example you've ever seen of a dad? And she told me this and, and God, it, it, she said, 
Mum was in the throes of labour. Dad's sitting on the chair to the side and he's checking the football scores. Yeah, I was going to say, was it watching football? I've had yeah, that. Yeah. And, and that's not okay, right? And I'm going to call it out. And any dad listening to this, that's not okay. You've got an active role. Step up and get involved. Record it at home. Watch it when you get back in. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Ain't going anywhere. Because then you're not just going to get your thumb squeezed. <laughs> no, well, uh, and you mentioned the word divorce early on. So, yeah, okay. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Now, Gordon, everyone that comes on the podcast, I ask for three top tips. And you've given so many tips throughout our chat today. But if you could try to summarize into three top tips for, you know, dads listening or mums listening that are like, right, he needs to he needs to get on this and step up, like you say. Um, what would they be? Um, I would say learn how to advocate for mum learn how to step up and play an active role um is is one of the you have this moment in time and if you miss it it's gone right and um and i genuinely believe you've got a role pre-birth during birth and obviously post as well so yeah step up and advocate uh i think the other one is um stop pretending that we don't have uh pain hurt we have mental issues um, and the stiff upper lip. Um, the word men is hidden inside the word mental health. So if you look at mental health and you spell it, M-E-N is right there. So it's been staring at us the whole time. I think that's really important. Um, and I think last but not least, um, tips. Take the time, like I said at the very start, is uh, you've got an advantage right now. If you're listening to this before your baby comes, you're in the cam. Take advantage of it because it's something I wished someone had told me before my little, my first one came along. Take advantage of the dialogues. We didn't. Um, and it was all by the seat of the pants. And it doesn't have to be that way. <laughs> oh, Gordon, thank you so much. Now, if you've listened today and thought this sounds like a bit of what we need in our journeys, then do head to the episode description where you'll find a link through to Mantonatal um, and you can reach out with Gordon and see where he can support you. Thank you so much, Gordon. It's been brilliant to finally get to chat with you. <laughs> I hope you pressed record. <laughs> I did, I did. Fear not, fear not. Um, thank you so much. Thank you, Pip. Before I head off, I need to tell you something. 68% of you who listen to my show have not hit the subscribe button. So can you do me a favor? And if you've ever enjoyed listening, hit subscribe now. It makes a huge difference, helping me to keep bringing you episodes. And together, we can then reach and empower more women on this journey. If you are a pregnant or newly postpartum listener, and are looking to have the healthiest, most positive and informed journey that my exclusive Your Pregnancy and Your Postnatal Journey courses may be for you. I work with a select number of women in a bespoke way with unlimited access to me and my expert team for the most transformative level of support at this important time in your life. We only get one shot at getting this time right. So to get in touch and find out more, head to midwifepip.com.